What do you think of the 49ers and Seahawks? I mean, we get heated. Sometimes we'll get a little heated. We've gotten heated face to face, but we, you know, eventually we. Should we tell everyone about the time we fought? <laughs> you and I hit each other over the hair. We 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 had folding chairs. We went to a wrestling ring. We had I swept the leg. Partners. I swept the leg. <laughs> he was down. He was bleeding. And then I just said, you know what? I don't care. I want to go to the Super Bowl. And I stomped his throat. Um, and I said, nice job, Chamura, you dirty <laughs> player. I said, get the hell out of my hot tub. <laughs> but bring her uh, back. What's her name? Yeah. Oh boy. Don't, don't even, uh, Larry, we have some, uh, uh, Super Bowl related news to share with you. We have yes. our entertainers, uh, Andrea day will be singing lift every voice and sing post Malone will be singing America, the beautiful. I really do not know why, because we don't need a second, not national anthem to be sung before the national anthem, but indeed it's going to happen. Reba McIntyre is going to be singing the national anthem. And the only thing I can tell you about Reba is she's not going to try to get four out of four stars on star search. Take the under. Uh, I believe her over under for anthem time is the lowest in documented history. I think I saw that from Darren Rovell. So Reba is going to come in and just trying to get it all done. What I don't understand is what do Reba McIntyre post Malone and Andrea day have anything to do with Las Vegas? I, <laughs> I know we're seriously. It, it feels uh, is, like is Wayne day. Newton still kicking. That's what I said. Where's Wayne Newton? Where's Wayne Newton? And I'll trade you right now. Post Malone singing America the Beautiful for Wayne Newton singing Donka Shane uh, before the game starts. I'll trade you that right now. And I'm what's, a, what's another guy who's always in Vegas? Tom something. Tom, uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Tom Jones with a with a with a sock right in the front of his pants. Was Danny Gans? Is he still around? He was a magician, or was it? Was he like an impressionist or something? What about those guys who used to take care of the tigers? Who got attacked by the tiger? Reed and Roy. I don't know. How about JT the Brick? I mean, I don't know. Who who else can we get? Who else is synonymous before with Vegas? The, before the anthem, we get a a, a call in speed brick segment. Gloria Stefan. Oh no! Uh, what's a what's the one? What's the lady who who signed a ridiculous deal to perform in Vegas? Celine For, Dion. Celine Dion. I don't Celine think she Dion. performs anymore, Larry. She had like some, she's got some like nerve damage or something. She can't sing or stand anymore. Like it's a sad, uh -oh. sad ending. We're, we're, when we're talking about Vegas people, a lot of these people are no longer with us. Tom Jones, RIP. He's no longer available? No longer. I wonder if he had a sock in the front of his pants in his casket. Is that the, is that the talk on Tom Jones? He was packing heat, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Rasputin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. I guess, I guess, I guess so. Re I, was Rasputin packing the heat? I, I, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think they. Milton Burl. Oh, Uncle Milty. Could <laughs> only pull out enough to win. <laughs> oh, what has happened to this stream? Wake up, everyone. Wake up. The numbers are just plummeting. Oh, <laughs> man. Um. Where if you okay, here's here's my Vegas question for you. Okay. You're going to Vegas. Every hotel room on the strip is available. What's your first round draft choice? And what's the place that you would rather sleep in your car? 
I'd rather sleep in my car than, I guess, check into Circus Circus. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Circus Circus. And I'm a Caesars guy. I've always been a Caesars guy. I love Caesars. I've stayed in other places. Um, there might even be other places that are officially cooler, but I'm just, I'm a Caesars guy. I know that I know my way around it. I'm, I'm happy when I'm there. It's centrally located. Uh, I'm a Caesars guy. God, yep. Now that's old school. That's an old school spot. I mean, I think they built that in the sixties, didn't they? Oh yeah. Um, it's been around a long time. I kind of, I'll say this. I, I've many times I've been, I've, I've stayed a lot at the MGM, which is like a city unto itself. But, um, I think I, I kind of like, uh, Mandalay and I know that's kind of old now. I know people would, Hey, what about the palms or what about the wind or, you know, there's, there's newer the spots. Very nice. The encore is very nice. The Bellagio is still very nice. Bellagio. Bellagio is almost like a museum though. Aria, which is, um, the, the big complex there. That place is beautiful. It looks like billions of dollars come to life. Um, but yeah, I normally I, I normally go Caesars. I've never stayed in the Venetian, um, but I I usually I like walking through the Venetian. I like the little river walk there. Have you ever taken the? Have you ever been on the roller coaster on top of New York, New York? I've never been. I've only been to New York, New York once. I've never some been on good the restaurants coaster. over there. Definitely some good restaurants over there. Um, I, saw, I saw Zumanity at New York, New York, which is basically Cirque du Soleil with boobies. Okay. That was good. That was good. Mandalay has is kind of, you know, it, it's it's nice. I mean, it's unfortunate. I think that's where that might have been where that shooting was for that concert a couple of years ago. But uh, but it was it's I was I, I, I like the vibe in the in the Mandalay. Um, but, yeah, I, there's new ones. I haven't been to the win. The win is nice. The win is nice. Cosmo been there. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I've stayed, Cosmo's also a great place to stay. Cosmo's really nice. I love the chandelier bar in there. It's like three stories. There's crystals all around you. It's really cool. Lots of great places to eat in the Cosmo as well. Um, but it, it's too, it's, it's still, it'd be, it'd be overly arrogant to do the let's talk about Vegas. We're not there. You got to at least be no. in the NFC title game before we do the, what might we be doing in Vegas together segment? Let me ask you this. How surprised are you that the Dallas Cowboys are saying, Hey, McCarthy, come on back. I, I, it's a stunner to me, Larry. I'm not, fire that guy unless you got a better replacement to me the better replacement there are multiple better replacements i believe out there in vrabel and bill belichick and jim harbaugh and the fact that the dallas cowboys are just rolling it back is pretty stunning to me it really is sirianni i know you're not a fan of sirianni it looks like he might have survived his exit meeting in in philadelphia as well is bill belichick going to actually end up the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think so. I I think he's um I think he, that he's the the talk about him going to Atlanta is so cuz the guy who's got the biggest checkbook that's ready to cut it is the guy who threw ice and paid 300 grand. David Tepper, the the Carolina Panthers uh owner is the guy with the deep pockets. I think Belichick could be maybe angling for that for for carolina for the big check the big check um and i i, I think that's the way you get pet tepper to cut the big check to belichick as you talk about going in the division to the falcons so that's what i think is going on there um i i i'm you know I'll, jerry jones is such an interesting guy in that he 
put together, you know, he, cha- he bought the Cowboys. He chased out Tech Schramm. He chased out Tom Landry. He kicked those guys to the curb and said, Jimmy Johnson's coming in here. We're running the show. They He gets it right, right out of the chute. They make the Herschel Walker trade. They have this incredible run. They they When they won the title in 93, they were the best team in the NFL. They had won back-to-back, and they were the youngest team in the NFL. Then the cap comes. They never adapted. He gets drunk in a bar, insults Jimmy, and chases, his, chases him out. If Jerry Jones in, at those NFL meetings had just passed out in his room and let's say he got trapped in there for like 10 years, he would have come out of that room with like seven rings and he would have been like the greatest owner in the history of the NFL. Instead, he chases off Jimmy, decides he wants to do it himself, talks all big like 500 coaches could win with this talent. Hires Barry Switzer. Amazingly, Jimmy was so good at stocking that roster that Switzer won one. So in in, in a way, Jerry was proven right. But that mistake, I mean, he basically would rather be in charge than win. And that is always, a you know, when you'd rather play with your toy than, you know, use that toy to win. You know, it's it's sad. I mean, in a lot of ways. He's great for the NFL. He's brought huge revenue streams to the NFL and he thinks big and he's done some incredible things on the business side, NFL wise. He's been one of the most valuable owners to the growth of the overall revenue pie. But my God, it's like he keeps getting involved. Him, he wants to be a de facto GM. And because he wants this and he won't re, you know. He won't relinquish control. I mean, Eddie D was, was way smarter. He badly wanted to win, but he didn't want to draft every safety. You know, they say a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. That's what Jerry and his sons have. They have a little bit of knowledge, and because of it, they're dangerous. And he's, they're never going to win. The buck has to stop with the head coach. It was why the Raiders didn't win in Al Davis's, you know, final, you know, years. Because the buck never stopped with the head coach. Al was the star of the show. The owner cannot be the star of the show. The, the head coach has to be the central figure in football. And if 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 the guys feel like they can go around you to the owner, you're done. And ego, that's, look, that's ego, where they're at. Ego gets in the way of success as much as failure. Right? I mean, e- ego takes apart good teams as much as age, as much as free agency, as much as greed. It happens all the time. And Jerry Jones's ego has been one of the greatest things to ever happen to the Dallas Cowboys, and it's also the reason why they continue to not win anything at the end of every football season. It's Jerry just, he's a great businessman. One of the greatest footballs ever known as someone who owns one specific team. And then what do you do with that one team besides its profitability and it's monolithic, you know, that's the number one team in, in the world. The Dallas Cowboys are worth more than any other franchise. I believe any sport in the world, maybe there's one or two soccer teams somewhere that's worth more than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But you know, FC Barcelona or something, I don't know, but the Dallas Cowboys are the X marks the spot of sports profitability. And because they're that, without the championships, 
it just, I believe it's helped break the, the football business model a little bit. I don't know. I it's Jerry's been really good for football and really bad for football all at the same time. And, but for Jerry Jones, the Raiders are, are what in, in Los Angeles, right? I mean, he's the one who basically X them out of going to LA and said, yeah, you know what, Stan Kroenke, why don't you give uh, Spanos a call and see if you can't get the chargers to be your tenant instead of the Raiders. Cause the Raiders would sort of overshadow you and we'll leave Mark Davis to figure it all out on his own and give Mark, I guess, credit. He, he did do that. And that brings us to where I think we kind of just to go back to Vegas for a little bit, Larry. Do you realize that the 49ers do go to and actually win the Super Bowl? It's got a heart. It's it's going to hurt Mark Davis, right? The team that he finally gets away from. Now he's got a stadium all to himself, all to his own in the fertile sports pasture that is Las Vegas now. And even though he will never have home field advantage again, boy, the Niners sure did when they came in here and the biggest win in the history of Allegiant Stadium would belong to the Niners. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine if you're Greg Papa? You're calling that game? You're sitting 50 yards away maybe from, from, from Mark Davis, the guy who fired you, and you are calling a Niners Super Bowl? What if what if it's Niners, Niners beating Greg's boyhood team, the Bills? Because B- Greg's a Western New York guy. He right. grew up with the Bills. What if it's Niners over Bills in Vegas? I mean, Greg may may uh, you know his head may explode. That would yeah. Be no, I mean, I mean, Mark Davis. You know, Mark Davis. Um, you know, lucky gene pool. You know, and then he he you know the the Ra- the Raiders have been run horribly. But there's so much money in the NFL that he found a way to skate to Vegas and um, and yeah, and get that stadium built. And now he's he can have more P.F. Chang's than he ever, ever dreamt. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're, they're, that's going to be interesting, too, because, you know, what a mess their situation is, huh? Because Max Crosby is their best defensive player. He says he wants to be traded if they don't go to with Antonio Pierce and I don't think that they can't get Harbaugh because Harbaugh is too smart to go there. Um, so I don't think Antonio Pierce is a bad hire. I mean, if the locker room is a hundred percent behind him, and you look, there's, I no think what I would do is hire Belichick and make Antonio Pierce, the defensive coordinator and let him look. Cause Antonio Pierce doesn't have a lot of experience. So, I mean, go go with Belichick. Give him the fat check to go to Vegas and um, make him Pier- Antonio Pierce the the assistant head coach in charge of defense, and you know let Belichick um, you know coach him up on on you know everything. And All three years say- from now, let Antonio Pierce take over for him once you've once you've righted the ship. I mean, the Raiders need some discipline. They need some focus. They need. They, and he loved the idea of what New England had, right? Um, except he took the wrong guy. Cesario was the guy you wanted, but he went to the Texans, and now he's sitting pretty. And they, instead, they went with Ziegler and McDaniels and then had to fire them both. So why not Belichick? 
Uh, yeah, I, I would go and hire Bill Belichick if I were looking for a head coach and the best coach in NFL history is looking for a job. That's That would lead me to that. I'll say this. The Raiders are a lot better at promoting interim head coaches than they are at hiring head coaches. So maybe you lean into that lesson and you just say, hey, this team played better for Pierce down the the, the stretch. He's younger. I can grow with him. It would be it, it it wouldn't be unpopular. By the way, here's the dirty little secret. You know who doesn't care about the Raiders at all? The people in Las Vegas. They don't care. They don't care that the Raiders are good or bad. It's just the all the Raiders are are a vehicle to bring other NFL action into town. So it's not like he's got this rapid ramp rampant fan base demanding one thing or the other in his own hometown. Make your team happy. See if a, a happy Raiders team doesn't make you a little bit better if you can't go out and hire a big gun like Belichick. I mean, to me, Mike Vrabel is a guy that I would consider. I think Vrabel's yeah. pretty damn good. But, you know. I think I, they're going to, yeah. I mean, you'd be stunned if the Raiders did anything other than screw it up because it's kind of who they are. Yeah. They just need, they need a lot. I mean, they, you know, it's and they need some continuity there. And I think you're totally right about, there's not a rabid fan base of Raider fans there. It's there's a whole town of of transit, you know, transplants. They're L.A. transplants. They're Bay Area transplants. We all know somebody in our life that moved from here to Vegas. Um, and it's like a it's a place that you go if you can't afford the Bay Area. It's a place that you go if if, uh, you know, you, you want to buy a house and some land and you're in, in uh, Los Angeles and you can't afford a house or land, you know? So it's, there's a lot of people that aren't from there and you're right. It, it's not, it's just a conduit to the rest of the NFL. Um, it's actually been a great thing, I think for the NFL though, because you know, it's, it's a, it's a place now where it's like a destination vacation destination throughout. It's been great for Vegas. I guarantee you because they're playing the Packers on Sunday. The Packer fans all come from Wisconsin. They're playing the chiefs on, on, you know, November 1st, all these people book their trip to Vegas. Um, so they can do, you know, kill two birds with one stone. I'll go gamble. I'll take in uh, some shows. I'll stay on the strip. I'll watch my chiefs. I'll get out of town, you know? So it's a great, idea it's like you know it's kind of like um it's like disney world in orlando it's like you know i'm sure that's been really good for orlando and i'm sure the nfl's been really good for for vegas but doesn't mean that the there are a lot of raider fans there but we'll see if they're there for 20 years they will be you know there'll be some roots there there'll be kids that grew up as you know the raiders or big raiders fans and a's fans um, well, they'll have the Raiders, the A's and the Golden Knights uh, within what, for whatever year the Ra the A's are going there. I mean, we'll see if the A's actually get there. I mean, there's more talk about them playing in Sacramento than there is in Las Vegas at this particular time. So uh, that's another show. That's a that's a that's not a, a wake up show. That's a good night. Go to sleep show. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later on. Larry, let's wrap up today's Did show you with see this. Oh, OK. Did Sports Illustrated die today? Well, I mean. Was I mean, Sports it's, Illustrated alive today. I, I don't know. I, I, I just says R.I.P. Sports Illustrated from Clarsard. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. By the way, what a sad, sad thing that the the Golden State Warriors are going through right now, Larry. With the death of their coach, yeah. 
I mean, that's it. Look, as soon as we heard, as soon as we heard that that game in Utah got postponed, I did think the worst. I thought, oh, oh, maybe, maybe they're just trying to contact his family overseas to get them the bad news before it goes public. And then sure enough, the next day we found out, you know, he was he was gone. And it's just that's rough. And I've talked to a, a couple people who said that it was it's about as dramatic a scene and it's like there is a level this isn't one of those like they took him away in an ambulance and that was scary no this is one of those they're performing like cpr they got the paddles out right there in the in the restaurant level of traumatic and scary very 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 sad very very sad yeah very it is very sad and it's and i'll say this way to go nba for recognizing that these teams are families that, you know, we're talking about small groups of people, right? I mean, you know, when the Warriors travel, there's, you know, there's, I know that people joke about how many assistant coaches there are, but I mean, we're talking about a traveling group of less than like 30 people probably. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, so to ask them to play a game with the, you know, that was probably in poor taste and they just didn't. So, um, I like the fact that the NBA pivoted in there and made, did the right thing. Very sad to a very relatively young man. And I'm sure it was very traumatic for those who witnessed it as well. And our thoughts and prayers go out to, to his family. Um, he was 46 years old. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's just far, far too young to depart the planet and uh, a tragedy, a real tragedy. And a guy who touched a lot of different people, the head coach of the bulls was, a real close friend of his. I saw, um, you know, him kind of in tears in the Bulls locker room after the Raptors game last night. Um, you know, the Lakers honored him. Several teams around the league have honored him with some pregame tributes. Uh, just, you know, it's very sad. I mean, it just kind of makes you say, um, be a little reflective and say, you know, whatever, whoever you love in this world, uh, tell them that you love them. You know, whoever you, you know, whoever, if there's something that you want to do in this lifetime, man, go do it. Right. If there's something you want to pursue in this lifetime, go do it. Dusty Baker one time said it one time, and I always felt like Dusty was one of the real soulful people. A, back, by the way, he's he's got a position with the giant. But I can remember one time Dusty, I forget who had passed. We were all in, in his office, and this is in the 90s, and he kind of looked around the room, and he's like, gentlemen, Tomorrow is promised to no one. And um, that, I mean, that, that line really st- uh, hit me hard and, and stuck with me for years and years and years. And uh, truer words have never been spoken. You know, tomorrow, great- tomorrow's promised to no one. So live today to the fullest. My great-grandmother, God bless her, Larry, she lived on her own until she was 101 years old. The only time where she was ever like, in an old person's home was in the last week of her life. So she was an independent feisty woman right through 101. And when you live to 101, you should have a couple of black dresses in your closet because when you live to 101, you've buried them all. You know what I mean? You, you basically bury everyone you've ever known in your life. That was certainly older than you. If you live to 101, you bury them all. We used to joke around. Grandma Kaju's buried more people than Rose Kennedy. You know, I mean, she she has been to a million funerals. And her, her she would say it at every single funeral. She'd say, remember this, life is for the living. And I, that always stuck with me as a very profound thing to say in the face of all that death. Mourn the passing, but remember, life is for the living. 
And another thing that I've always liked is, yeah, if, if you got a, a something that you want to pursue, if you have a dream, if you have a habit, if you have uh, something that you want to try or taste or a place to go, do it. Do it. This is not a dress rehearsal. This life is not a dress rehearsal. This is the only one you get. So live it and enjoy it. And yes, certainly hand the flowers to people while you can. And if you got, you know, animosity in your own family, make the phone call to get past that. It's worth getting past that because you never know when the lights could possibly go out on anybody. And yeah. it's a very, very sad thing. And, and no you know, when, you're, when you're in the middle of a season of sports that aren't going right, something like this happens and it just brings you back to what really, really matters. And to bring it back to sports, Larry, maybe, maybe one, you know, maybe this will be a, a rallying point for, for the Warriors. Maybe this will change the direction of their season in some way. They have a, a nine day layoff in between games. They're not playing it until Wednesday next week. Um, it means they will not have played since they played the Grizzlies on Martin Luther King day, which is like twice the layoff you get in. It's gotta be the longest any team has been laid up since the pandemic. I mean, nine days off in the middle of a season is more than an all-star break. So let's see how the warriors use their time, but they got a lot of personal healing to go through. And it's just, it's sad. It really is. By the way, they're, they're cooked. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, um, right. no, it's, the, it, the warriors it, are done and I, they're, they're done. I mean, it, they, they, there's no, there's no trade out there for them. There's no, uh, there's no, there's nothing that's going to, you know, it's not like they, well, we just need to try harder. No, you're, you know, you got, your team got old, you, you know, your owner got nostalgic. Um, he decided he wanted to go to the finish line, uh, with, with these old players. And now he's just got an old team and they, there's no, you know, you look around the league, everybody's younger, more talented, deeper, better, getting better. You've got, you know, all these guys who are kind of bitter now and they're made all this money and they're entitled and they're just, you know, I, you can't tell me this, I'm this guy and I'm that guy and Draymond's talking big and all these guys are done. You know, it's like they're, so, I mean, the Pascal Siakam trade people, oh, well now that who cares? I mean, even if they got Pascal Siakam, it's, it's, I mean, it was Bob Myers was right to get out. Kerr will get out shortly. Um, but they they need if they were smart they would take Clay, CP3, Draymond, Wiggins, and trade them all in individual deals for two and three players, and see if they can put together kind of a new deeper core of younger players who are ascending, and 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 try to try to do it that route. Do not go to the, if they go to the finish line with Clay and Draymond and Wiggins and all these, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be an, yeah. a total disaster. They need to Dunleavy's got to pivot, and you might be able to find Lakers may give you Rui Hachimura and Jackson hate Jackson whatever, and they may get a few players from the Lakers for Draymond, and they may be able to find a team that's willing to give you. Um, some good players for expiring contracts like, like Paul's and um, and and Clay Thompson's. You maybe you find somebody that thinks they can get more out of Wiggins, but they need like four deals 
that bring in a bunch of new faces and then keep Pajemski, keep Kuminga, keep Trace Jackson Davis, obviously keep Steph, and then just see what you can get for those other guys and have a totally different cast the rest of the year. And maybe, maybe you, you can, you know, maybe somehow, some way you can trade your way to the next thing, but trying to like just, you know, hunker down with these guys when you've offered Clay $50 million over two years and he's not worth it, and yet he feels insulted by it, it's over. Right yeah, there, yeah. It's, it's over. It's over, Look, and, and it's and sad, but it's it, it happens. It's just the way life is. To me, just the biggest offensive athlete in the Bay Area right now is Andrew Wiggins. I mean, this guy oh, is in toast. the prime of his career. He should be grabbing leadership reins and showing everyone that he really was you know, the number one overall pick in the draft in his year. And let me show you why. And this is who I am now. And Steph is my running mate more than I'm his running mate. And Wiggins is just so soft in the middle. It's just, it's awful. I see him going to Dallas, maybe for Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, and um, Omax Prosper, something like that. I could see that. There's a lot of talk that Dallas wants him. And that deal works on the trade machine. So I don't know. I that that's what I think's coming. I if if you said what's going to happen to Wiggins, I think he's in Dallas in the next ten days for uh, Hardaway. I'll Curry's drive to the airport. And I will get him to SFO. Larry, uh, Washington Post, Sports Illustrated lays off most of its staff, threatening iconic brands' future. Written by Ben Strauss, he says much of the staff of Sports Illustrated and possibly all remaining writers and editors received layoff notices Friday which essentially could spell the end of a publication that for decades was the gold standard of sports journalism. The union of the staff tweeted Friday that would continue to fight for the publication of the magazine, but that its future is now in the hands of magazine owner, Authentic Brands Group. Nearly 70 years of publishing for Sports Illustrated. The entire staff notified today that they were being eliminated. Very dramatic day. It also shows kind of where we're at. Nobody really buys magazines anymore. Magazines and newspapers have died. And, and radio is following and yeah. linear television isn't. The only thing propping linear television up is the NFL. If football didn't exist, there would be no linear television anymore. Um, it's yeah. uh, we, we are. Media has been hit dramatically. Um, Tell me and, about it. <laughs> and. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, um, you know, everything's gone to, you know, the star of everybody's, you know, uh, show of media these days is, is this phone, you know, and everything, way, your lights on, you're, you're going to, you're going to blow through your battery with your light on there, Larry. I know, I know it's because it's dark in my studio here and I had to, I need some extra light for my, for my notes. Uh, but no, I, I, it's, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to be over here. Uh, because this this at least is a uh, growing deal. You know, YouTube television is growing. YouTube overall is growing. Um, our channels are growing. Um, we're doing really, really well over here. Somebody came up to me the other day and said, man, for a while I was hoping that you'd come back to radio, and now I see you're doing so well on YouTube you're not coming back to radio. And I'm like, well, not if I can avoid it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I kind of like, I kind of like the YouTube space. Um, and I think it's, you know, the way we, you can connect with people, um, the way you can control the message, 
the way you can go direct to the athletes and bring the fans face to face with Eric Armstead. Uh, you're not doing that on, on radio or even local television. And so it's just kind of a, it's an evolving world, you know, it's like, well, uh, it really is. There's, there's a liberating element to being on YouTube and being your own brand and not having allegiance to any team as a flagship partner or anything like that. And as you look at the world, Larry, as it's being consolidated in every direction, there's now talk that the NFL might be an investing partner in ESPN, the NFL basically buying ESPN. And at that point, ESPN is going to become Korean state television. I mean, the NFL will allow some investigative journalism on it, but it will eventually reach the, well, we don't want that to come into focus. So we're going to squash that story with a, you know, with a broadcasting partner that we own and operate now. Like that's going to happen. That's going to happen. So um, independent coverage, I think, is going to mean more going forward than ever before. And more people are going to gravitate towards it because, they're going to understand that the only thing they get from, you know, these partner networks are the house organ. And not everyone just wants to listen to the house organ music. And that's going to make guys like you and I more valuable than we were even in the radio space. And even though, you know, this past fiscal year, I will have made less money in broadcasting than in decades. I can't remember having more fun. Like, I'm having a great time over here. It's an awful lot of fun, and there is something to be said for pride and ownership. And, and you know, when I see a, a video do well, I take more pride in that than I ever did any ratings data point that was ever shared with me in a radio meeting, you know? Because I know that all those data points were sort of an approximation of what you hope was happening, where everything on YouTube is a direct count of, one person was listening, two people were listening, this many, like, you know exactly who they are, where they are, what their demographics are, everything. And it's, it's fascinating. This has been a great journey to be on and it's an awful lot of fun. There is, there's no doubt about it. Larry, let's one, one of the, uh, the funniest things I thought I was watching the Jung Hu Lee presser. Yeah, I'm that guy. Um, and one of the writers says, jung Hu, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you really enjoy when you're not playing baseball? What do you do? You know, let's peel the onion on jung Hu Lee. And I loved it because he said he sits there and has to go through his interpreter. And then he's basically comes back. He's like, I watch YouTube and I sit at home and I eat good food cooked by my mother. And I was just like, you know, there you go. That's that's where we're at in this world. It's like there's a lot of people who are who are watching YouTube and Jung Hu's out there. So Jung Hu, good to see you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's um, and I'm sure there are people in the room who are sitting there who are working for the whatever paper or whatever, you know, going. I can't believe this. He likes, you know, he's into YouTube. You know, it's like. Uh, but what, what can you say? That's, that's what it's about. That's where people are at. So, um, you know, it's just, it's the future. So it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of adapt to it for sure. Uh, should we get to our starred chats? What do you got? What have we got? Okay. we got 15 starred chats here. Um, okay. We'll start at the top of the list. David E. Hi guys. I'd like your evaluation of Randy Gregory. I'm especially interested since Cleveland Farrell is not playing this week. Thank you. Um, Randy Gregory's got an important role to play. 
You know, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. That guy yeah. has had games where he has impacted the game. He's also had didn't see much of Randy Gregory in those games. I, I, you know, two sacks out of Randy in the postseason, he will have paid for himself. You know, he's an interesting player. He, he's I, I've done some interviews with him. Go check him out on YouTube. Um, great guy, great guy. And all this talk, I could use, you know, all this talk, he's going to ruin the locker room culture. It's like, what? This guy is a terrific guy. Um, I mean, what was his, you know, tr- worst thing that the guy ever did? Smoke a little grass, maybe? I mean, come on. Um, I mean, the guy is 6'5", 235. He's got 34-inch arms, 10-inch hands. He runs about 4'5". Um, he's, he was a three, four outside backer at Nebraska. He's got great length. He's tough as hell plays with a great motor. We, and he's got me. long arms really? throw that out there. We doesn't offend me at all. So Randy, we're good. Exactly. He can bat down passes. He's stronger than you think at the point of attack. Um, I like him. He's really helped. He's, he's, you know, he's got, he's an explosive player. He's got really, really fast hands, great bend. Great hips. This guy converts speed to power as good as anybody. He was raw coming out of out of Nebraska, but he's got physical tools through the roof. Now that was what he was when he came into the league. Now he's a veteran. Now he, he you know, a guy's tough as hell. He plays super hard, and he's gonna give you, you know, 20 to 25 killer snaps. Well, and look, do you like guys in a walk year? Do you yeah. like guys who are playing for the next contract? Randy Gregory, you can make an awful lot of money in the next three games if you have three good games in a row, if the Niners are lucky enough to play the next three games. And Chase Young, oh, Chase Young, the amount of money that's on the table for you with a good playoff run is absurd. So he should be extra motivated to uh, make sure the other quarterback goes down hard. They're two vitally important guys for Saturday night, by the way. Vitally important. Uh, because without Clee Farrell, they're going to have to play a few more snaps, and I think they're both up to it. Um, yeah, huge, huge factors. Uh, Richard Hutchinson has become a YouTube member over here. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate you. Aaron L. says, only team in the way of the Niners is the Niners. That's interesting. It's a way to look uh, at it. I mean, look. One it, way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and the thing is, you're really not that wrong. You're You're not. I mean, they... They have a job to do, and if they do it in a way that I believe they can do it, they're going to the Super Bowl. They better damn well be in the Super Bowl. That's the mandate. Take care of the football. Take care of the football, and I think they're the best team. Jordan Matthews, in years of watching the NFL, a story like Brock's would usually be celebrated, yet the media gives him no respect. Never seen anything like this. No, I know. It is really weird. It's like one of these things where if he climbs to the top of this mountain, there's literally going to be a Disney special. I mean, Disney is going to be like, oh, we love this story. The guy went from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl winner. Um, it's an amazing story, but I don't know why. I'm not sure exactly why it doesn't fit people's narrative or it doesn't it doesn't resonate. Um, I just think there's an awful lot of people that don't like being wrong. And maybe there's he kind of shows that there's a lot of people wrong. And then you look at him and you say, well, he didn't look good against the Ravens. And you're okay. Okay. All right. But you know, listen to listening to him this week, talk about it. He really thinks that that game helped him grow. Um, so we'll find out. 
We're going to find out. And he even said it. We're going to find out Saturday. Uh, Mesru01 has become a YouTube member. Thank you, Mesru. Thank you for coming over. Daryl Granville in the house. Love the show, guys. You keep it real. Salute. Thank you. Awaka Waka. I like the avatar. I'm big Fozzie Bear guy. <laughs> Fozzie Bear. Muppets. That was a great show. Sunday nights back in the day. Brian, if you don't take a team in the playoffs seriously, you don't know ball. Hey, I think that's true. Look, the, the league is brutal in terms of delivering results that you don't expect all year long. And look at, yeah, in the playoffs, it counts twice as much. So, yeah, every, <laughs> how about this? You cannot make the argument that anyone who's still playing isn't good. You don't get here without being good. There's no luck in the divisional round. You you earn your way here. And, and Shanahan said it this week. We can sit here and talk about this and that and this and that. It's how do we play for three and a half hours Saturday night? And as the old coach used to say, Larry, it's the way you play the day you play. <laughs> so you say, coach, you're right. Moon man, bunch of emojis. Can you decipher the emojis? I feel like I'm, it's like a lucky logger cap right here. Yeah, um, I, I don't know here. What uh, A goat, maybe? Is that a goat? Is that a dog? Is that a... Versus Green Bay, played awful dirty D, looking bad coverage. Moon Man. Moon Man, thank you very much. Let's go with English, less hieroglyphics next time, and we'll be, under, we'll, we'll be able to under... Remember, both Larry and I are, you know, early 50s, late 40s. We pretend to be cool. We're not actually cool. <laughs> Uh, e Norman Cox, Debo having a massive game this Saturday. Is that a real name? And if it's not, why didn't you go with Enormous? <laughs> e Norman, E, e Norman underscore Cox. Norman Cox. Right. There you go. His buddy is IP Freely. All I can tell you is that if Debo does have a massive game Saturday night, the Niners are in the NFC title game. I think Debo is going to have a massive game because Debo is like, in some ways, he's like their their most prime time prime time player. He was huge in Philly. I expect Debo to go off. Brady Hill says a late hit is a cheap shot. You dip. This is when the uh, audience was yelling at me for saying I'm not offended by what Mark Chamura is saying, and I don't. I've heard anybody called a dip in a while. <laughs> I've taken a dip, but I I don't know if anybody's you dip. Hey, do you I remember? Missed. Do you remember that candy? It was called Fun Dip. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was basically I, uh, like a, it was like a straw, and that you would like lick, and then you'd put it in like a powdered thing, and the, oh, it's just, it was like a diabetes in a bag. It's what I miss. So dip when I when I, when I say dip, I mean like Skull Copenhagen, right. and I haven't had one since El Stroco Loco, and I miss that the most. I really do. I I loved dipping, but I don't anymore. I, I never dipped until I got to the Canadian League, and then I started dipping Copenhagen, and I, I stayed dipping for about 10 years. And then finally, I read this article, and, and I, I got a couple buddies who are like, who are dippers, and they have a hard, they're having a hard time quitting, and it's a terrible thing. It's awful. It's hard. It's hard to, it's really is hard to quit. Uh, they put glass. There's actually shards of glass in dip yeah. that, that cut your lip. So that the tobacco gets in there, it's really bad. Anyway, but I did read an article, and this helped me quit for anybody who dips and is trying to quit. And if you dip and you aren't trying to quit, eventually you will. 
You don't want to be Tony Gwynn, get oral cancer and have them take your face apart and stuff. It's terrible. Um, but that 90% of the addiction of nicotine, the effects of it are 90% of, of, of the effects of nicotine are gone within 48 hours. If you can make it two days, two days without smoking or dipping, you're 90% of the way to quitting. Two days. Think about it. Well, good luck, everybody. Good Again, luck. Uh, you know, do it. Do what you got to do. But uh, I, I, I had a buddy of mine who used to say things like, you know, dude, I can I can prove cocaine isn't addictive. I've known people who've done it for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and now nobody's doing Copenhagen anymore. I'll, I'll go up to some guys in the locker room. I'll be like, you know, that some guys have a big dip going. I'll be like, what are you what are you chewing, man? They'd be like, oh, man, a little grizzly. Grizzly is now right. The, it's that's the uh, the the. The non-alcoholic dip, right? The not the the to, the tobacco-free dip substitute. Oh, is that it? No, I think Grizzly's real real tobacco. I think you're thinking of uh, those little pouches you're talking about that the uh, bandits, bandits like a bandit type thing. The bandit was definitely real dip. Yeah, but no, but Grizzly's think, real Grizzly dip. Is I don't I don't know. I think Grizzly is real dip. Right, keep going through the uh, through the chats, Larry. I'm I was talking to Greenlaw the other day, and I said, "Man, what are you dipping?" He's like, "I just got a little Grizzly." Um, I asked uh, Kinlaw. And I was doing an interview with him one day. He had a big big dip going. I said, well, "What are you dipping these days?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just bummed one from George." You know, it's like Grizzly is smokeless tobacco. It yeah. says, says "No, no, okay." So yeah, no, it's, it's real. It's real. It's real. Yeah, but there be there are things, and I forget what they're called. But there there is like kind of like, I'll tell you one way, one thing to help me quit. By the way, another one, get get some uh, like some uh, low sodium sunflower seeds, and just pack them in there, and it gives yeah. you a lot of that same sensation. I, I missed the sensation of the the of the of the fat lip. I yeah. I did miss that, but I'll tell you the thing that helped me dip was uh, twenty one day hospital stay and nearly dying of a stroke. That'll that'll make you find dip Jesus really quickly. It's a little, it's a little costly these days. It is. Andy, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Andy 707. What are you sipping on Damon? Oh, well we have a little, uh, filtered soul. I love, uh, Phil's coffee. I get two, I get, I get two pounds of filtered soul delivered every month straight to the door. And that is my coffee of choice. Look at that. There you go. Need to make them a sponsor. You ask you, you shall receive. Um, we got this one from Banab. So, bun O B B Banab Banab Dre the Enforcer Greenlaw for President. Dre is the man. He is the man. Um, if you know, I've asked these guys many times in the locker room. Man, if you could have one guy covering you in a barroom brawl, who would you want? Most frequent answer: Dre Greenlaw. Anthony, Dre Greenlaw or Trent Williams? That's good. That those are the only two acceptable answers in my mind. I asked uh, Ziz Al Shayer this question last year, and he's like, he, he starts looking around the room. So it's, it's hilarious when you ask the question and guys start looking around, like, who's in here? That was? <laughs> <laughs> and he he goes over, he looks over at Dre, and he's like, he points over at Dre, and he's like, yeah, you know, if things were going down, Dre would roll up. Dre would roll up. I'm like, all right, good answer, Aziz. Uh, Anthony says premeditation of harm to any player is crossing the line, period. Thank God Packer fans dismissed said comment. Gabriel Boyce, Warriors now show how good Jerry Krause was. 
second three Pete was totally different team besides Michael and Scotty. Clarence Beeks, member for 19 months. Does anyone miss uh, Giants bootlicking on the radio? LOL. Yeah, seriously. God. My God. Farhan doesn't even think he needs a hitter. I can't even believe it. Losing my ass over here. Uh, Kevin Bodan. 49ers are owning the Bay. Giants and Warriors can can wait until football season is over. LOL. Yeah, that's pretty much true, huh, Damon? I mean, um, the Warriors, I mean, they talk about them a ton on 95-7, but I, I get the uh, interest. I get the feeling the interest is a little bit waning and will well, look, continue. Yeah, we're, to. we're at the end of a, an incredible Warriors conversation. And by the way, no one should be mad at the end of this. Like these no, are players no. that you keep around that to, to, to be contending and regarded as a contender for the better part of a decade is more of a run than any team usually ever gets in anyone's lifetime. It's been an incredible run, but it feels like it's absolutely at the end of the run and the San Francisco giants since I've been here, have never mattered less than they do right now, today. Tomorrow can change, maybe yesterday, but today the San Francisco Giants matter so little. I can't believe what they've done to themselves. It's really amazing, and especially that they would take this opportunity with the other team essentially ceding the entire area to them that they would mean less than ever before it's more than an indictment just on baseball. It's an indictment on the way that the Giants have run operations and shame on them. They've never meant less, and football has never meant more. So there you go. I don't understand what the what the poor Giants are doing. I mean, it's like it's amazing. I mean, uh, there was an article that I put out um, um, about there. This is the quote from Farhan. He says, we feel pretty good about where our pitching staff is. Position player-wise, there's still some things we'd like to do. Add a, add a little bit more to the infield. Try to continue to upgrade defensively. That's like, dude, what are you even talking about? Your hitters are awful. Right. Your your team last year was 28th in average, 24th in on-base percentage, 27th in slugging, 26th in OPS, last in stolen bases, 19th in home runs, 24th in runs scored. And no mention of, and you went after Shohei Otani, didn't get him, and you've added nothing? I mean, what? Right. Excuse me. You should have $700 million laying around to operate with. What the heck are you even? I mean, you update the resume, Jack. It's almost over for you. I mean, I, I don't know what I don't even know what to say to that. You don't think you you don't need Cody Bellinger. You don't need Reese Hoskins. You don't need Jorge Soler. My God. Giants. I Farhan. Clueless. The dumbest smart guy in the history of the world. Farhan Zaidi. Easily smartest dumb guy or dumbest smart guy. We don't know. Yeah, we're not World sure. Tallest midget. As uh, in the in the movie for about last night. At this point, we don't know. <laughs> uh, that was a Jim Belushi to uh, to uh, Rob Lowe on the on the on the uh, on the bus talking about was she a pro? At this point, we don't know. It was a good story. Old movie. All right, Damon, you got a final thought? What do you got cooking the rest of the day? I will be streaming at 1045 with Chase Sr. We'll get a national perspective on Niners, Packers from a guy who covers the Niners and the Eagles uh, for Chat Sports. That's coming up at 1045. And then uh, Grant and I are going to hook up at 430 today. Um, And then I think I'm in between there. I've got a Packers special coming up 
as, as well. Somebody from Green Bay possibly stopping by. It's a big, big day. A lot planned on the channel today. What do so, you got cooking? I've got the longest continuously running sports phone in America. KNBR can say that they just brought it back. The day that they let FP and Paulie <laughs> go, I started sports phone and it's mine now. And they can pretend that they brought it back, but I have the longest continuously running sports phone in America. And we're going to go ahead and take some calls, some video calls at 11 o'clock over on the plus. We're going to talk about this upcoming weekend. We've certainly talked about it a lot. I want to hear what people have to say. Uh, so we're going to be taking some calls over on my channel starting at 11, and then we'll let everyone know we're back at it. Wake up on Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and then we'll be back at it even again, 8 a.m. on Monday morning. So we will be there for you day after Niners play, even on a Sunday. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming on Monday here together. Uh, I will, of course, be going live at the two-minute warning. I know, Larry, you're going to be at the stadium, so you'll be on afterwards. We will combine forces. We will form football Voltron at some point here. And hopefully we're talking about the date that'll be coming up in the NFC title game because that is what the Niners did. The Niners must survive this Saturday night. There is no, no excuse to be tolerated. No excuse will be accepted. Failure is not an option. And I don't go talking like that. And Larry, you don't go talking like that. But that's the situation the 49ers have painted themselves into that corner. They want to be in that corner. They have earned their right into that corner, and now they got to fight their way out of it. On to Las Vegas, they go. Get it done. Who's Dale Get talking about here? He says, Damon, did you see our favorite announcers calling our game on Saturday? Who's who's your favorite? Who's you and Dale's favorite announcer? I I don't. Is it Kevin Harlan? I don't know. Aaron Andrews is on the. Dale says Aaron Andrews on that crew. I'm not sure who else. Oh, so it's, is, is it, it Joe Buck? And is gonna be the, no, isn't that the uh, Greg Olson? Greg Olson, uh, Kevin Greg, Hart, uh, I think Greg Olson's really Kevin good. Burkhart. Burkhart. Yeah. Kevin know. Burkhart. Yeah, Little Burkhart. baby KK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great commercial. Kevin Burkhart's really underrated and, and a really, really nice guy. And I'm going to tell you, I think Greg Olson's phenomenal. I think Greg Olson is really, really good as a broadcaster. He is prepared. He understands it. He has done his study. He understands like what Greg Olson was doing just a regular season game with the Niners and he broke down the Ambry Thomas, Isaiah Oliver switch and battle between the two and what they've done for Steve Wilkes, like you and I would have. Like he knows the background on things, which means he's wildly prepared. I think he's really good. So yeah, that is that should be the number one Fox crew going, right? It's, it's Burkhart and Craig Olson. <laughs> I always love Fox. I you know, I can't watch CBS. I told Tate, I told Tommy, I, I had an Amici's. I was watching CBS and I thought to myself, you know what? I prefer Fox. I, I just like Olsen. You know, I like baby KK. I think he's got talent. I've always said it. I've always, when I see baby KK, I always say to him, Tate, I think you're very talented. Let's go to Amici's and, and get a, get a, you know, we'll have a nice pizza. It's a little flat. It's not deep dish. It's not Chicago pizza. But you're going to, you're going to, you like it. I, I really think you like it, Kev. Uh, I wrote down one name and I put it in an envelope and it was little baby KK. <laughs> little baby KK's name is in that envelope. I knew that that's who I was taking. You bring Greg Olson along with him. What you have is an incredible duo. That's where we're going. That's my draft plan. 
Everyone, thank you very much. Like and subscribe on the way out. Good luck to the 49ers against the Packers. And Larry and I will talk to you at 9 a.m. Wake up Sunday morning. Be there. Have a great afternoon, everybody. And whatever you do, don't tear your ACL. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.